Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. I am back with another bonus episode from deep in the archives of Chickenlandia. Today we're going to talk about egg eating. We are going to talk about a little bit about quail. <laughs> quail. They're like they're like pocket chickens, tiny little pocket chickens. Uh, but they are a little bit different. Um, we're going to talk about mites and lice, and we're going to talk about all kinds of other things too. So thank you so much for joining me. And folks, this episode was brought to you by my favorite chicken supply place. It is called My Favorite Chicken. And you can find them at myfavoritechicken.com. I will put a link in the show notes for you. Um, you know, they've got feed, in, including scratch and pick feed, which you guys know is my favorite feed. They've got super cute chicken things like like aprons and, you know, all that fun chickeny stuff, chicken fashion that we love. And um, they've got all kinds of other chicken supplies. So they're kind of like a one-stop shop for your chicken needs. Make sure that you check them out. And now, without further ado, here is the episode. Okay, so um, I am just going to jump into the questions And uh, the first one is from Pamela Benny, and I was told that I am pronouncing her name right. I hope I'm I still am. So she had a really good question. It's about it's a very common question that I get a lot that you see a lot in, um, you know, if you're on Facebook, chicken Facebook groups, you will see this question over and over again. So Pamela asks, hey, Miss President. I like that. (laughs) I heard some disturbing, oh no, some disturbing news that was told to my hubby from a person who used to have chickens. This is what he told my hubby. If you find a chicken with yolk on its face, then you have to get rid of that chicken as soon as possible. Is this true? Um, I... Don't think that is true. Um, some people will will get rid of them immediately because what that likely means is that you have a chicken that is eating eggs. So they have discovered that inside this thing that comes out of its butt, <laughs> there is a delicious substance. So 
somehow they discovered this. And what they might be doing is after they lay their eggs or after other chickens lay their eggs, they are cracking the eggs open eggs open and eating what's inside. And so they have yolk all over their face. So some people will immediately get rid of that chicken because they see it as this problem that cannot be solved. But actually, most of the time, it can be solved. You just have to have a little bit of patience. The number one thing that you need to do is collect your eggs at least, at least twice a day. And I would say if you can do it three times a day, Uh, because you don't, you just don't want them to have the opportunity to be cracking open and eating eggs. So do that number one thing. The next thing I want you to do is to get some golf balls or you can also get like fake eggs. They sell fake eggs usually at the farm store. Get those and put those in the nesting boxes. And so when the egg eater tries to go and eat the eggs, they'll get frustrated because it's a golf ball. It's not an egg. There's nothing fun inside of it. They're pecking it and they're not getting any any reward from that. So that's the second thing I want to do, you to do. And the third thing that I want you to do is make sure that your chickens are getting enough calcium and enough protein. Laying hens need a calcium supplement. So you can do that by giving them oyster shell, which is relatively inexpensive, and you can buy it usually at the farm store. Another thing that you can do is you can take their shells and you can crush them up and give that back to them. And that's that's a good thing to do if you, you know, if you really don't want to be buying another product for your chickens. So I think if you do that and you also keep an eye out for the egg eating hen, like if you if you find a chicken or a rooster, if you find a chicken that constantly has the egg on its face, then you know, the other thing that you can do is you can remove that chicken from the flock. And, you know, as soon as it lays, you take the egg, you put golf balls under it. You just really want to kind of stop it from continuing to eat the eggs. So there is my answer to that. The, the short answer is no, you don't have to get rid of that chicken immediately. If you have a, a business, maybe if you have an egg business and it's suffering because of that, then Yes, you might have to get rid of them, but I will always advocate for the chicken. Try your best to keep it in your flock. Oh, Homestead in the Highlands says, I have one every now and then who eats eggs, but after a few days she stops it and doesn't do it again for months. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I've, I've had it happen before. Like if an egg accidentally cracks, I've had chickens that eat it, but I have, I have not really had it be a problem over a long extended time. Kinfolk Farm of Georgia says, could you put them in a timeout kind of like you do with a broody hen? Yeah. And only, you know, mainly because you want to be able to monitor that hen and really be proactive about putting the golf balls under her so that she gets out of that habit. That's the main thing. All right, I have another question. It's from a channel called Striving for the Simple Life. And this is a new channel that I started watching. She's very inspirational. I like her a lot. We want to add quail to our little homestead. Would love them to live in peace and harmony with chickens. Isn't that a beautiful thought? (laughs) 
Is that just a dream? Should the quail and chickens be kept separate? If they can live together, how can I help the quail not get beaten up by the chickens? Yeah. So they can't live together. They can't. They can be, of course, in the same farm on the same property, but they cannot live completely together. And I do want to say I am not a quail expert. I have had quail. I had button quail ages ago when my husband and I had a farm store. We had button quail. And they're adorable and fun. And I absolutely think that you should get them. But they can't live together with chickens. Quail do not come home. You know, they don't stay in the same place. They don't stay home like chickens do. Quail will straight up get up and leave. (laughs) And they'll do it really fast because they can run fast and they can fly fast and they will leave. You will not see them again. So there's that. There's no like free ranging quail. And okay, so Kinfolk Farm of Georgia just made a point. The other thing is, it is a great possibility that the chickens who have a very strong pecking order in place will not be very nice to the chickens and they will keep food and water away from them. They very likely could hurt them and they can even kill them. And after they kill them, they might even eat them. So it's it's really not would not be a great scenario. Chickens will just like peck them and it's it's not good. So while you cannot keep them totally together, you can have areas where you have the quail and they can be near the chickens. Now there is some concern of cross contamination of diseases that might be easy for a chicken to handle and not as easy for a quail to handle. So there's that. And I would suggest you do a little bit of research on that so you can decide, you know, the the risks that you're willing to take. But at our farm store, we certainly had our quail right next to the chickens, but they were in a protected area where they couldn't just get up and run away and where the chickens couldn't hurt them. So I'm sorry that I um, I shattered your dreams. <laughs> but yeah. Chickens, chickens are wonderful. They live great with ducks, turkeys, you know, geese, but they're not great with quail. One thing that uh, has been on the brain are mites and lice (laughs) because we are definitely in the period of time where they can be a problem. And usually they start to become a big problem in fall. And that goes all the way through till the spring. Um, and it's not to say that you won't have a problem in the summer, spring and summer, but f- the conditions are just right uh, during the colder months. And a big part of that is that in the colder months, it is harder for them to find a place to dust bathe in their natural environment. And they really need to have that opportunity to do that because that's how they keep mites and lice away. Um, Mites are just, they happen. It is a normal part of the environment. And usually they come from wild birds. If you bring new birds into your flock, I really recommend you treating those birds before they join your flock because it is just so common 
for them to arrive. <laughs> and, and it's a pain. It's, they're, they're easy to deal with unless you have a lot of chickens. And, it, you know, the more chickens you have, the harder it is. So it's best for you really to just kind of stay on top of it and so that you won't have to deal with that. And a big part of that is offering them a place where they can dust bathe in the colder months. So if you haven't seen my videos on how you can make your own dust bath for your chickens, then I am going to put those links in the description. As soon as we get off the live, I will put those links in the description and you can read all about how easy or read you can watch all about how easy it is to make an area for your chickens to dust bathe in i will say that i do use diatomaceous earth i know that a lot of people do not feel comfortable with diatomaceous earth but i have done um a lot of research on on that product and i've also used other products i have used permethrin i have used ivermectin and those you know the thing with the permethrin powder or spray is that it is not it's not very toxic to chickens but it is toxic to other wildlife and and other animals it's really toxic for cats and it is not great for uh, aquatic life so you know everything that we use we have to think about not only how will it affect us and how it will affect the chicken, but also how it will affect the environment that the chickens are in, that they're going to be, you know, pooping in, honestly, <laughs> and being in and, you know, is the product you're using going to affect the the wildlife? Will it affect the bees? Will it affect aquatic life? So those are all things to consider. And one thing that I've realized in, all, in my research and in my, in my years of teaching is that it is always risk versus risk. So I will say, yes, uh, diatomaceous earth carries a risk. It, it is a minimal risk if you're using amorphous diatomaceous earth. So there's two kinds of diatomaceous earth, amorphous and crystalline. Amorphous crystalline, amorphous diatomaceous earth is what you will find in food grade diatomaceous earth. It will not, you know, it doesn't cause long term lung damage. It is generally considered safe. You don't want to be breathing any kind of dust in. It will, it will make you not feel good. It, you know, whenever you clean the chicken coop, there's so much dust that chickens generate that you need to wear a mask. Um, so I always advocate for that. But it, it does not carry the risk, amorphous diatomaceous earth does not carry the risk that crystalline diatomaceous earth carries. Crystalline diatomaceous earth, you do not want to get in your lungs. That's what is used for like filtration and in other industries, but it's really not good for your lungs. So the issue is that there could be small amounts of crystalline diatomaceous earth in amorphous diatomaceous earth. And that that is a concern. So whenever I use it, I do wear a mask. But in comparing that with other products to treat mites and lice, I find that I'm willing to take that risk versus the risk of using a product that is not approved for chickens. 
that, you know, maybe lots of people use it, but it has never been approved for use in chickens and we have no idea what the egg withdrawal is. So that's, that's my spiel. I will always say that whatever you decide, you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. <laughs> if you've ever been in a Facebook group for chickens and you say, I love Diatomaceous Earth, <laughs> there will be a lively discussion. And people will get very upset. Um, and I always found that to be so strange because um, as backyard chicken keepers, you know, we're kind of in this together. And I think we need to just accept that some people are going to want to do it the way they want to do it. And, you know, I have the chicken landia way, but it's not the only way. So anyway, I do recommend using diatomaceous earth. Um, and I will put a study about the benefits of diatomaceous earth in the description here as soon as I am as soon as I'm off the live. And now that you know everything you never wanted to know about diatomaceous earth, you can go and tell all your friends. <laughs> so yeah, please supply your chickens with dust baths. And that is like so much a part of the battle against mites and lice. And, you know, someone asked, well, do the mites live through the winter? Like it's winter. It gets 20 below where I am. Don't the mites die? And the adult mites will die, but the eggs can basically like hibernate through the winter and then hatch as soon as the temperature rises. Isn't that a thought? <laughs> Not great. Oh, Homestead in the Highlands asks, do you use diatomaceous earth to deworm chickens? Hey friends, it is me. I'm actually uh, popping in here. I was listening listening to this old episode and I realized that the answer I gave to this question that was asked by Homestead in the Highlands is different than the answer that I would give today. So I decided I would pop in and just give you an updated answer um, to whether or not I would use diatomaceous earth to worm my chickens. Now, in this pot, in this podcast that I recorded like, over a year ago, um, I said yes, but I just didn't give enough detail about it. And honestly, like there is some positive research that says that diatomaceous earth can have an effect on parasites in your chickens, like internal parasites. But to me, it's just, I don't know, I'm just not convinced by it, just knowing the way that diatomaceous earth works. Now, that doesn't mean that it doesn't work. It just means that, personally, I just don't feel confident recommending it, it by itself as a dewormer for your chickens. Um, it is possible that it has such a high mineral content and it's just generally good for their health that it you know, it just makes them more robust and makes them more resistant to parasitic infection. So I, I decided I was just going to come in here and give you the updated version of what I do now. Number one, I want you to make sure that your chickens have a good supply of nutrition, that they are in a low stress environment, they have enough space, because ultimately... You know, chickens, they they do have a parasitic presence. Like almost all chickens, if you were to look inside their bodies, you would see that they have 
a parasitic presence, you know, inside their bodies and outside their bodies. And that is normal. That's just part of being a chicken. What you don't want to end up with is an infestation. You want chickens to be able to, you know, live in harmony with the things in their environment without being overcome by them. So I think it's best to try and focus on preventing an infestation. And you can do that by using certain herbs. If you want to go do something really easy, you can use oregano and thyme from your garden. You can give it to them fresh. You can dry it and give it to them. And that is going to be so good for them just for their overall health. But they also do have antiparasitic properties in them. Another great thing to give your chickens is garlic. And, you know, this podcast is not long enough for me to tell you all the wonderful benefits garlic has, but it will also be a great immune booster for your chickens and it will help them to keep the parasitic presence down in their bodies. There are also some herbal products on the market, and I've always talked about Verm-X. You can get it on Amazon. Um, It's quite expensive with the shipping. The shipping is just outrageous because it's coming from the UK. Um, And that is a, a very good preventative product. There is some thought that it can help with a mild infestation, um, but I cannot, I can't make that claim for sure. Um, and then there's one that you can get that, uh, is actually from my favorite chicken. And I mentioned them at the beginning of the episode, my favorite, my favorite chicken, uh, supply place, <laughs> myfavoritechicken.com. So they have one called daily hen health and it's from Hilton herbs. And that is just a real immune booster. It's got some great herbs in it. It is great for their overall health, and it will also help to prevent infestation. Now, if you have, obviously, if you have a serious infestation in your flock, you need to consult with a veterinarian if possible. Um, Another option that you might take is to find an herbal formula that can be used with chickens that contains the herb wormwood. So wormwood is an herb, but it is very powerful. So it's not something that you want to give your chickens every day. So if you find a product and it says give this to your chickens every day, I would recommend against using that product. Wormwood is something that you can give periodically, um, but it's not, you know, they can definitely get too much of it and that does that is not good for them. So... I have used uh, wormwood in an herbal combination that I use that's made here in the U.S. And I will leave a link to that product in the show notes so that you can check it out. And I think the person that creates these um, herbal combinations is really smart about how she goes about telling you to administer it. So, And she will also answer your questions. So I'm going to leave... Um, that link in the show notes. So on that note, I just want to thank you guys for your patience. I hope you're enjoying these little bonus episodes that I'm putting out. I hope it's helping you to, you know, satisfy your Chickenlandia cravings. I know I haven't been putting as many episodes out lately and, you know, I'm still working on that and hopefully soon I'll have some long form episodes for your listening pleasure. But right now, the one thing I want you to remember is that you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. Bye! 
Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit WelcomeToChickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.